To Be Are Not To Be by Kurt Vonnegut, Jr. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ostry Fingerhut Everything was perfectly swell. There were no prisons, no slums, no insane asylums, no cripples, no poverty, no wars. All diseases were conquered. So was old age. Death, barring accidents, was an adventure for volunteers. The population of the United States was stabilized at forty million souls. One bright morning in the Chicago Lying-In Hospital, a man named Edward K. Welling, Jr., waited for his wife to give birth. He was the only man waiting. Not many people were born a day any more. Welling was fifty-six, a mere stripling in a population whose average age was one hundred and twenty-nine. X-rays had revealed that his wife was going to have triplets. The children would be his first. Young Welling was hunched in his chair, his head in his hand. He was so rumpled, so still and colorless as to be virtually invisible. His camouflage was perfect, since the waiting-room had a disorderly and demoralized air, too. Chairs and ashtrays had been moved away from the walls. The floor was paved with spattered drop-cloths. The room was being redecorated. It was being redecorated as a memorial to a man who had volunteered to die. A sardonic old man, about two hundred years old, sat on a stepladder, painting a mural he did not like. Back in the days when people aged visibly, his age would have been guessed at thirty-five or so. Aging had touched him that much before the cure for aging was found. The mural he was working on depicted a very neat garden. Men and women in white, doctors and nurses, turned the soil, planted seedlings, sprayed bugs, spread fertilizer. Men and women in purple uniforms pulled up weeds, cut down plants that were old and sickly, raked leaves carried refuse to trash burners. Never, 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 not even in medieval Holland nor old Japan had a garden been more formal, been better tended. Every plant had all the loam, light, water, air, and nourishment it could use. A hospital orderly came down the corridor, singing under his breath a popular song. If you don't like my kisses, honey, here's what I will do. I'll go see a girl in purple, kiss this sad world toodaloo. If you don't want my lovin', why should I take up all this space? I'll get off this old planet, let some sweet baby have my place. The orderly looked in on the mural and the muralist. Looks so real, he said, I can practically imagine I'm standing in the middle of it. What makes you think you're not in it, said the painter. He gave a satiric smile. It's called the happy garden of life, you know. That's good of Dr. Heinz, said the orderly. He was referring to one of the male figures in white, whose head was a portrait of Dr. Benjamin Heitz, the hospital's chief obstetrician. Heitz was a blindingly handsome man. Lots of faces still to fill in, said the orderly. He meant that the faces of many of the figures in the mural were still blank. All blanks were to be filled with portraits of important people on either the hospital staff or from the Chicago office of the Federal Bureau of Termination. 
must be nice to be able to make pictures that look like something, said the orderly. The painter's face curdled with scorn. You think I'm proud of this daub, he said? You think this is my idea of what life really looks like? What's your idea of what life looks like, said the orderly. The painter gestured at a foul drop cloth. There's a good picture of it, he said. Frame that, and you'll have a picture a damn sight more honest than this one. You're a gloomy old duck, aren't you, said the orderly. Is that a crime, said the painter. The orderly shrugged. If you don't like it here, Grandpa, he said, and he finished the thought with the trick telephone number that people who didn't want to live any more were supposed to call. The zero in the telephone number he pronounced not. The number was 2BR-NOT-2B. It was the telephone number of an institution whose fanciful sobriquets included Automat, Birdland, Cannery, Catbox, D. Louser, Easy Go, Goodbye Mother, Happy Hooligan, Kiss Me Quick, Lucky Pierre, Sheep Dip, Warring Blender, Weep No More, and Why Worry. To be or not to be was the telephone number of the Municipal Gas Chamber of the Federal Bureau of Termination. The painter thumbed his nose at the orderly. When I decide it's time to go, he said, it won't be at the sheep dip. A do-it-yourselfer, eh? said the orderly. Messy business, Grandpa. Why don't you have a little consideration for the people who have to clean up after you? The painter expressed with an obscenity his lack of concern for the tribulations of his survivors. The world could do with a great deal more mess, if you ask me, he said. The orderly laughed and moved on. Welling. The waiting father mumbled something without raising his head, and then he felt silent again. A coarse, formidable woman strode into the waiting room on spike heels. Her shoes, stockings, trench coat, bag, and overseas cap were all purple, the purple the painter called the color of grapes on Judgment Day. The medallion on her purple musette bag was the seal of the service division of the Federal Bureau of Termination, an eagle perched on a turnstile. The woman had a lot of facial hair, an unmistakable mustache, in fact. A curious thing about gas-chamber hostesses was that, no matter how lovely and feminine they were when recruited, they all sprouted mustaches within five years or so. "'Is this where I'm supposed to come?' she said to the painter. "'A lot would depend on what your business was,' he said. "'You aren't about to have a baby, are you?' "'They told me I was supposed to pose for some picture,' she said. "'My name's Leora Duncan.' She waited. "'And you dunk people,' he said. "'What?' she said. "'Skip it,' he said. "'That sure is a beautiful picture,' she said. "'Looks just like heaven or something.' "'Or something,' said the painter. He took a list of names from his smock pocket. "'Duncan, Duncan, Duncan,' he said, scanning the list. "'Yes, here you are. You're entitled to be immortalized. "'See any faceless body here you'd like me to stick your head on?' We've got a few choice ones left. She studied the mural bleakly. Gee, she said, they're all the same to me. I don't know anything about art. A body's a body, eh? He said. All righty. As a master of fine art, I recommend this body here. He indicated a faceless figure of a woman who was carrying dried stalks to a trash burner. Well, said Leora Duncan, that's more the disposal people, isn't it? I mean, I'm in service. I don't do any disposing the painter clapped his hands in mock delight you say you don't know anything about art and then you prove in the next breath that you know more about it than i do 
of course the sheave carrier is all wrong for a hostess a snipper a pruner that's more your line he pointed to a figure in purple who was sawing a dead branch from an apple tree how about her he said you like her at all gosh she said and she blushed and became humble that that, that puts me right next to dr heights that upsets you he said good gravy no she said it's it's just such an honor ah you admire him eh he said who doesn't admire him she said worshipping the portrait of heights it was the portrait of a tanned white-haired omnipotent zeus two hundred and forty years old who doesn't admire him she said again he was responsible for setting up the very first gas chamber in chicago nothing would please me more said the painter than to put you next to him for all time sawing off a limb that strikes you as appropriate that is kind of like what i do she said she was demure about what she did what she did was make people comfortable while she killed them and while leora duncan was posing for her portrait into the waiting-room bounded dr heights himself he was seven feet tall and he boomed with importance accomplishment and the joy of living well miss duncan miss duncan he said and he made a joke what are you doing here he said this isn't where the people leave this is where they come in we're going to be in the same picture together she said shyly good said dr heights heartily and say isn't that some picture i sure am honored to be in it with you she said let me tell you he said i'm honored to be in it with you without women like you this wonderful world we've got wouldn't be possible he saluted her and moved toward the door that led to the delivery rooms guess what was just born he said i can't she said triplets he said triplets she said she was exclaiming over the legal implications of triplets the law said that no newborn child could survive unless the parents of the child could find someone who would volunteer to die triplets if they were all to live called for three volunteers do the parents have three volunteers asked leora duncan last i heard said dr heights they had one and were trying to scrape another two up i don't think they made it she said nobody made three appointments with us nothing but singles going through today unless someone called after i left what's the name welling said the waiting father sitting up red-eyed and frowsy edward k welling jr is the name of the happy father-to-be he raised his right hand looked at a spot on the wall gave a hoarsely wretched chuckle present he said oh mr welling said dr heights i didn't see you the invisible man said welling they just phoned me that your triplets have been born said dr heights they're all fine and so is the mother i'm on my way in to see them now hooray said welling emptily you don't sound very happy said dr heights what man in my shoes wouldn't be happy said welling he gestured with his hands to symbolize carefree simplicity all i have to do is pick out which of the triplets is going to live then deliver my maternal grandfather to the happy hooligan and come back here with a receipt dr heights became rather severe with welling towering over him you don't believe in population control mr welling he said i think it's perfectly keen said welling tautly 
would you like to go back to the good old days when the population of earth was twenty billion about to become forty billion then eighty billion then one hundred and sixty billion do you know what a drooplet is mr welling said heinz nope said welling sulkily a drooplet mr welling is one of the little knobs one of the little pulpy grains of a blackberry said dr heitz without population control human beings would now be packed on this surface of this old planet like drooplets on a blackberry think of it welling continued to stare at the same spot on the wall in the year two thousand said dr heitz before scientists stepped in and laid down the law there wasn't even enough drinking water to go around and nothing to eat but seaweed and still people insisted on their right to reproduce like jackrabbits and their right if possible to live forever i want those kids said welling quietly i want all three of them of course you do said dr heinz that's only human i don't want my grandfather to die either said welling nobody's really happy about taking a close relative to the cat box said dr heitz gently sympathetically i wish people wouldn't call it that said leora duncan what said dr heitz i wish people wouldn't call it the cat box and things like that she said it gives people the wrong impression you're absolutely right said dr heitz forgive me he corrected himself gave the municipal gas chambers their official title a title no one ever used in conversation i should have said ethical suicide studios he said that sounds so much better said leora duncan this child of yours whichever one you decide to keep mr welling said dr heitz he or she is going to live on a happy roomy clean rich planet thanks to population control in a garden like that mural there he shook his head two centuries ago when i was a young man it was a hell that nobody thought could last another twenty years now centuries of peace and plenty stretch out before us as far as the imagination cares to travel he smiled luminously the smile faded as he saw that welling had just drawn a revolver welling shot dr heinz dead there's room for one a great big one he said and then he shot leora duncan it's only death he said to her as she fell there room for two and then he shot himself, making room for all three of his children. Nobody came running. Nobody seemingly heard the shots. The painter sat on the top of his stepladder, looking down reflectively on the sorry scene. The painter pondered the mournful puzzle of life, demanding to be born, and once born, demanding to be fruitful, to multiply and to live as long as possible to do all that on a very small planet that would have to last forever and all the answers that the painter could think of were grim even grimmer surely than a cat box a happy hooligan an easy go he thought of war he thought of plague he thought of starvation he knew that he would never paint again he let his paintbrush fall to the dropcloths below, and then he decided he had had about enough of life in the happy garden of life, too, and he came slowly down from the ladder. He took Welling's pistol, really intending to shoot himself, but he didn't have the nerve, and then he saw the telephone booth in the corner of the room. He went to it, 
dialed the well-remembered number two b r not two b federal bureau of termination said the very warm voice of a hostess how soon could i get an appointment he asked speaking very carefully we could probably fit you in this afternoon sir she said it might even be earlier if we get a cancellation all right said the painter fit me in if you please and he gave her his name spelling it out thank you sir said the hostess your city thanks you your country thanks you your planet thanks you but the deepest thanks of all is from future generations end of to be are not to be by kurt vonnegut jr read by austri fingerhut